Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and join with me today again is Tina Murray. Hello, Darren. How are you, Tina? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Good. We're back at it again today. And what is our super duper topic for today? Yeah, I love interviewing Zelina. So we have Zelina van der Lieden. Did I say that right? Yes, that's perfect. Woohoo! Go me! (laughs) She is a a partner, counselor uh, with Divorce Management. Her company is a company called Divorce Management, basically a divorce coach, right? Yes. Certified divorce coach. (laughs) Certified divorce coach. Perfect. So, you know, we've talked a lot and we've talked a lot about, um, you know, not just divorce, but changes and thriving through changes and transitions. And, and, you know, I mean, yes, yes, you are a divorce coach, but there's lots of things that we as people need to learn how to do and how to survive through transitions. So let's, what what is the difference between change and transition? Because to me, they're the same word. I would think thing. so. Yeah. 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 So many people uh, use both terms as synonyms, but in reality, the change is that factor that is disrupting your day-to-day life, your routine, that that thing that is causing you to say, whoa, something has happened. This I'm not used to this. And then the transition, and this is defined by William Bridges and, and everything I will be talking about today is about William Bridges' uh, transition model. He's written several books. He did all his research about transitions. Fantastic author, completely recommended. Um, But the transition is the psychological process that we go through to adapt to change. Mm, Okay. So the change is that thing that is making us stop on our tracks and say something's different. Mm -hmm. And the psychological process that we go through to adapt and there are changes in everything right like we change physically we change uh psycho- like psychologically there, there are different types of change um the main three types of changes is a lifestyle change a physical change or a circumstantial change those are the three main people categorize changes in different ways different authors of but Overall, these are the three main categories. And a lifestyle change, for example, can be a divorce. You were used to having a certain lifestyle. Um, You had your home with your partner, your children or your pets or whatever. And then there's a separation. So now your lifestyle is going to change completely. A physical change is as we age, as we go through our normal maturing maturing, uh, symptoms of of growing up, right? It can be from childhood to adolescence, from adolescence to adulthood, adulthood to becoming a senior. These are these physical changes that we go through. Mm -hmm. And the circumstantial changes are, for example, losing your job, Hmm. Um, losing, you know, your house burns down, like your circumstances are now drastically changing financially. Um, Your habitat can change, moving to a different city, to a different country can change. And also, and they're not, the interesting thing about changes is that it's not like, oh, I'm having a lifestyle change or, oh, I'm having a physical change. Most of the time, these changes are intertwined because if you 
are going through a big change in your life, most likely it's going to affect your mind and your body too, right? right? Stress yep. triggers, yep. Uh, cha physical changes. So maybe losing your job will affect your lifestyle and your circumstances, which will create stress that might affect your relationship. And then you end up getting a divorce, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Or your children move out of the house and you're feeling you're going through that empty nest process and you don't know where you're standing. You're feeling maybe kind of blue, start maybe getting depressed, right? So there's so many things that can, one change can have repercussions on other areas of our life. Mm. Absolutely. And sometimes yeah. you have to force change almost. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes mm -hmm. when you're, when your life is, is it, it's, you know, there's going to be a change. Mm -hmm. You have to like, think to yourself, you know, like uh, this change is going to come. I have to make a choice when it happens but I still, it's going to happen. Right. I can delay it as long as I want, Right. but mm -hmm. I can prepare myself for it and make the change happen when I want. And is that part of the transition <clears throat> process is when you say, okay, I know change is going to happen. How am I going to emotionally transition through it? Yes. Yeah, so William Bridges defines this transition model in three stages. So every transition starts with an ending because you are ending what you were used to doing, right? What, what you were comfortable with that's the ending okay then you go into a neutral zone where you're trying to figure things out and eventually you start the new beginning now through this process through these three stages there are feelings and emotions that usually go with it we are we have we're probably familiar listening to um, the stages of grief and the stages of grief are very uh, linked to the ending zone in the transition process anger fear, denial, sadness, shock. Then we go into the neutral zone where we might be a bit disoriented, frustrated, skeptical. What's going to, what's going to happen? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to push through? And, and, and that neutral zone can be a little spiral sometimes. You can mm -hmm. start going and you mm -hmm. feel positive some days and then you, ah, you go back towards the ending zone. You're in that in between. Mm -hmm. But eventually you start climbing up and going into the new beginning zone. So the way he, he I know this is a, a podcast, so it's hard to visualize, but imagine a curve that goes up and down and up again, like a little wave. Mm -hmm. So you're going up, you're used to your life, then you're starting to feel down, all those emotions of anger and sadness and frustration. Then you're in that bottom neutral zone, that confusion, maybe you're spiral there for a while, and eventually you start climbing up the curve, and coming up to your new beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, um, the interesting thing about transitions is that it affects people differently. And I can speak for divorce, for example. Most people going through divorce, this process will take about three years. Wow. You might be in the ending zone for the first year, the neutral zone, for another year and then your new beginning because you're getting used to it's a drastic change that is affecting a lot of aspects of your life mm -hmm. but we go through transition not only when we're experiencing negative changes we also transition when we're experiencing positive changes for example having a baby getting married right that you you were willingly going into this most people decide to go get married because they want to. Most people start a family because they want to. But then there is a dis disruption to what you were used to. So that 
called children. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you hear and, and, and talking about it is so important because for most people, this will resonate like, oh, yeah, divorce, losing my job, emptiness, losing my home, you know, for negative changes. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's normal to feel this way. But we, when we're experiencing positive changes, even a promotion, a raise can set you in this transition mode, into mm -hmm. this transition process, mm -hmm. because it is a big change in your life. And perhaps this promotion is now making you work longer hours, which is affecting your family time. Right. Mm -hmm. So why? And then people will be like, well, why are you feeling bad? You got a promotion. You have more money. Yeah. But now I'm doing more and I'm not spending that much time with my family. So. Mm -hmm. People might still go through that ending process. And like I said, it, it affects people differently. And people might be stuck in one zone for longer than others because of our past experiences, our mental health condition, our support network. There's so many factors that affect our ability to move through this transition curve. Well, and one thing you've you've said in the past, and is that um, particularly, let's say through a divorce or separation, is that quite often one partner is sort of our, you know, may have been sitting at the beginning of that ending, you know, for mm. uh, you know six months or a year prior to the partner even planning, knowing it, planning. right? So the planning, the the getting is, organized, yeah, this is not what I want, da, 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 da. <laughs> and so by the time that the second partner or the partner is at the top of that, I guess, as at the top of that cycle of transition, the other partner's already at the bottom, Yeah, you know, in and, the worst place. And so, um, you know, one, one person, you know, sort of mentioned that, you know, in a, in a conversation that, you know, sometimes that partner is ready to move on when the first part or the other partner just doesn't even know it's about to happen. Right. That's exactly. Crazy. Right. And so, and that's, that's what William Bridges defines as kind of like when you have the curves out of sync, right? right? When, because we are all connected in a way or another, right? We are in society or family, there's a connection. So if I am going through a big change and I'm in a transition process, mm -hmm. most likely my change is going to affect people who are close to me. Right. It's going to affect my work environment. Yeah. So that might trigger other transition processes mm -hmm. in other people. Uh, for example, let's say I, you get a promotion and you're now a director before you were a manager. Now there's a new manager. So you are adapting to your new process. This new manager is adapting to your new process. And then the staff is adapting to having to deal with a new manager, doing things differently. Everybody's going right. <laughs> through these curves at a different time. Same in a divorce. Like you said, the person has been thinking about separation. They've done their research. They've talked to a lawyer and then they break the news. So this person might be already in the neutral zone, for example. Right. And then they break the news. This person's like, what? Shocked, anger, starting feeling all of this. And yeah. this is why the key to supporting yourself and others is to have emotional intelligence and compassion. Mm. Yeah. And, and that saying of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, right? Like, what would it feel like if somebody just drops a bomb on you? You might have been thinking about this for a long time, but this person has no clue, right? Even, mm -hmm. even a promotion, like maybe the, the management team is thinking, oh yeah, let's, let's give this promotion to this person. 
they've been doing great. They've been thinking about it. They prepare, they have a plan of action. Then they drop the news. Great, it's exciting. But when you start your job, hey, what am I doing? How am I doing this? And maybe the, the directors are like, well, you're not performing as we were hoped to because this person's going to their transition process trying to adapt to this new role. Yeah. yeah. So understanding where you are in the model and where other people might be in this process yeah. is very, very important. Like, are there some tips on how to cope with change and cope with these transitions? Yes, definitely. So self-care, mm, self-compassion, okay. support network. Yep. And like I said, because not every change affects people the same way, not having the ability to not judge others, right? It goes linked with compassion is very important because a lot of people say, oh, whatever, you, had, you broke up with your, with your boyfriend, you were together for two months, move on. But maybe for that person, that was very important. That relationship was very important. And maybe they were making plans for the future. Hmm. So stopping on our tracks when we're starting to judge people about how they're feeling is very, very important when, hmm. when, when others are going through transition. And same with ourselves, right? If we stop judging ourselves, oh, why am I feeling? I shouldn't. I, I have all this money now. I can get a bigger house. Why am I feeling sad? Or I wanted this baby so bad and now I'm, I'm just so frustrated and angry and sad. Why am I feeling like this? Mm -hmm. So we start almost like punishing ourselves. Like we should not be having this feeling, especially when it comes to positive changes. Mm. Right. So what do you do with that? Like, how do you unpack that? Like, yeah. So having a support network is important. Some people have the capacity of dealing with this themselves, right? Like some people mm -hmm. have had maybe therapy, have read enough self-help books and are very in tune with their emotions, are able to express and, and, and code and cope what they're feeling. Because most of us have a very hard time naming our emotions even. Right. This is why when, when, you're a, when you're a child and you break something, oh, you're angry. Child experts tell you, start naming these emotions so children can start putting two and two together. Mm. Oh, this is anger. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is sadness. This is frustration. This mm -hmm. is happiness. But starting with naming this emotion is acknowledging, right? I am feeling like this. Does it matter? Why? No, you're just feeling like this. So what can you do to feel better, right? And this is where we have to be in touch with ourselves. Many people turn to spiritual practices, religion, yoga, you name it. Others seek help from therapists. Others get coaches. Mm -hmm. So Others let's talk about that. Families. Let's talk about coaches. Yeah. Let's talk about coaches. How... You know, I think the the divorce coaches um, uh, certification is it's relatively new here in Canada, right? Very new. Yeah, and and I like I love the term coach. Mm -hmm. I know I know some people are talked to is like like they're kind of mystified of what that is. Well, mm -hmm. like what is a divorce coach, right? Mm -hmm. But but if you kind of un like if you peel some layers off the onion, yeah. you realize we really have coaches in almost everything in life. Absolutely. You know, yep. and usually mine's my wife saying, get out of bed. You got to go to work. <laughs> There's my coach. <laughs> oh, I don't think she, yeah. I'm kidding. She doesn't do that. My phone does that. But I, you know, I, but my wife actually bringing it back. My wife is probably one of my best coaches, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. she kind of keeps me focused and she thinks completely different than I do. Yeah. And I love that because she allows she allows me to unpack some of the things that I'm thinking about, right. As a coach. So yeah. how, how do you work with divorcing couples uh, as a coach? So 
So the work of the divorce coaching, like you said, it is very new in Canada. There's only about 15 certified divorce coaches in Canada at the moment. Um, and it is in the States has been going on for about a decade. It's quite popular in Australia where people practice it a lot before mediation. Uh, here it's, it's still, you know, still new. Uh, there's a lot of educating to do uh, towards other uh, divorce professionals and people actually going through divorce. Cause like you said, they don't know what it is, but a coach is, is that it's somebody who's pushing you forward little by little to achieve your goals. So the coach will start by it's baby steps. Where are you now? How are you feeling? So there's a lot of questioning. Just like, like I said earlier, a lot of people don't even know what they're feeling, mm. right? Why and why do you want this? Oh, because of this. Okay, so you want this. And what do you have to do to achieve X? And then you help them make that plan and you help them define smart goals. You know, they're attainable, they're measurable, there are... And, and you go with them. It's, it's kind of like hand-holding and cheering. Like I'm with you and we're gonna go through this process together because mm -hmm. not everybody has a great family that is knowledgeable and supportive. Not everybody has supportive friends and, and friends and family always usually have the best intentions but they're not trained professionals. Mm -hmm. usually and they're also, they're also speaking from their own perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, well, my friend did this. Or, exactly. or, well, this is what I would do. Well, mm. you're not me and your friend's not me, right? Exactly. And, and in, in Spanish, we have a saying that says, uh, trust is disgusting. When we have a big bond, a close bond with somebody, we have that trust. People are able to just blurt out whatever comes into your mouth. Your friend, your mother, your sister can say, come on, snap out of it. Mm -hmm. you're going to do this and this and this and this is what's going to happen and then you have other people guiding your life and making these decisions for mm -hmm. you I had a client recently who had an amicable separation with his wife and then his family got involved and her family got involved and then the sets of grandparents started fighting causing they were they were fine and because this because they were saying no you have to keep the house what do you mean you're selling the house that's your house. And then the other people are saying, what do you mean you're splitting your pension? That's your pension. When they were about, and then somebody walked out of mediation and now they're in litigation. Because they were listening to other people and not to themselves. If this, <sighs> if this part, if this couple would have come to somebody like a coach before mm -hmm. this moment, mm -hmm. they would have spared, probably saved a lot of time and money because they and wouldn't probably wouldn't be in litigation because a coach would have been like, and is this what you want or is this what your parents want? Right. Yeah. And the, on the emotional energy, right, too, that w comes with litigation or the divorce itself, but with litigation, like just the emotional. Oh, great. You know, one thing I usually when I'm discussing with clients, yeah. I say the outcome is going to be what it is. OK, mm -hmm. you can you can give away everything or you can fight forever. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Right. At the end of the day, though. If you go down the route of being confrontational and being and you're in front of a judge, that judge is going to make a determination on what is fair and equitable for both sides. So you're going to end at a certain place. You're not going to win and they're not going to lose. It, it's, it's just it, it doesn't usually work that way. Right. But you have to be ready 
to listen to have someone else impart what's going to happen. Right. Now, if you can negotiate your way through it and find some middle ground, like you're saying, Zelina, and just listen to the people around you, you're going to end up at the same place, more or less, with a lot less confrontation, a lot less headache, and a and lot less money stress. Spent. And the people yep. around, and I, and you're right, it's hard because I, I grew up in a French family. Wow. My wife's an Italian family, and it's, it's amazing. Well, you're Spanish, right? You're Spanish, yeah. Yeah? and it's I'm Venezuelan, but yes, Hispanic. Yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's Latin that passion, American, though, right? Latin American, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's relationships people have. But anyways, yeah. Sorry. No, no, that was great. <laughs> so um, another another quick question is maybe people are concerned about uh, cost. How does how does how does your relationship work? Uh, with the cost and do people pay you uh, like an hourly rate or is there packages? What do they do? Well, the way we operate at Divorce Management is we are a social enterprise. Our goal, my partner and I met when we were going through extremely high conflict divorces that affected us very, very negatively in every aspect of our lives. Like our social life changed, our financial situation changed because it was too high conflict for way too long. And when we decided to get our certification, um, we said the issue is that the people with money usually can access professionals to create their support network very easily, right? Like if you have money and, and we were one of the lucky ones, like we had good jobs, we, we, I had a therapist, I was able to go to my yoga, I was able to do a lot of things, had a great family, great support network, great partner. But when you find yourself alone and broke, mm. like many people in a divorce, then who, how, how do you build a support network and who can help you? So mm -hmm. when, we, when we chose to start this practice, we wanted to do it as a social enterprise, which means that if you have low income, you pay what you can. So oh, we have really? a sliding scale. Sliding scale. Sliding Sliding, sliding scale and we also offer pro bono services to certain cases so we have an application mm -hmm. form anybody who comes to us can get a free consultation mm -hmm. no matter their background no matter what no matter in what stage of the separation process about 30 percent of our clients are people thinking about separation thinking about divorce they're just not sure so mm -hmm. they come just to ask about the process how long is it going to take what are my options what do i do how do i tell the other person they want to get prepared. They want to get organized. Mm -hmm. Some people come separately. Some people come as a couple. And another, because we want to promote collaboration and we like to work with lawyers mm -hmm. who are like-minded and, and want to be pro-collaboration and mediation instead of litigation, um, we have an incentive for couples. So if you come as a couple, then the rate is the same. We have a regular rate. So if you are one or two people, for us, it's the same. We are, it's our time, right? I don't mind spending my time with two people on one for a session. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of, yeah. in most cases, people pay, uh, if you're a mediation, for example, every every part, every part party pays their fee. So in our case, that's a, that's a little bit of a different approach that we have. Now, if, if couples come to see you, do they come mm -hmm. together? Like, are they in the yeah. same meeting or are they separate? Well, usually we do the intake separately mm -hmm. just to see where everybody's standing. Yep. And if they both want to do this together, right? If they want an amicable separation, then we say, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's get organized. And, and divorce coaching, we are not giving legal advice. We are not mediators. It is just to help people understand their priorities and visualize the kind of life they want for the future. 
So if you know what your priorities are and you know where you want to be, mm-hmm. once you're going to mediation, it's a lot easier. If you start your mediation process or your collaborative pro- and you're negotiating, but you're negotiating what? What are you fighting about, right? Mm-hmm. What is important to you? Is this about a house? Why is this house so important to you? Oh, because of memories. And that having a house is the only way to have memories. Mm-hmm. What are other ways that you mm-hmm. could build, create, you know, get those, take those memories with you? What can you do? So that's the role of the coach to, to offer a different perspective and also to cheer, right? You're, you're, you're cheerleader. You can do this. You don't have to fight. And, and one thing that we say, change will affect you, right? Change. And like you say, if, if it's, if there's an imminent change, like divorce, like losing a job, like moving, that's, you know, it's going to affect you. You know, it's coming. So you have three options. You can choose to be the victim. You can let it destroy you. Mm-hmm. You can let it define you again, kind of in the victim stage, or you can become stronger. And mm-hmm. that's our logo is the Phoenix, right? Like you can rise from the ashes and actually become a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you take this opportunity. It might seem like the end of the world right now. You might be in that ending zone yeah. because your whole world is changing. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do about it? It's happening. Mm-hmm. Are you going to just spend the rest of your life? I have a client that has been complaining that her life got destroyed because of her husband. It's been 10 years. She hasn't gotten a job. She's depressed, anxious, doing drugs because she's just too stuck. So working with somebody like that, yeah, yeah, you're you're very, you're in that ending and neutral zone and you're not coming out of it. So some people need a little bit more of a push, a little bit more encouragement and to offer that perspective, right? What can you do? This is Mm. done. It happened. It's done. It's, It's been 10 years. What are you going to do now? Right. And on the other side, you have the people that have moved on and then they're dealing with a partner who hasn't. Right. And it's, but I, you know, I moved on and I'm fine and and I'm trying to get here, but this person's trying to bring me down. Yeah. And then it's just, and then they're affected emotionally because this person is conflictive and it keeps going and keeps going. But why that's the coach. Why are you giving them the power? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you're losing your power when you're letting the other person determine what you do. And there are resources. There are ways of dealing with people. You know, maybe, you know, some people are abusive and continue the abuse even after separation. Then wow. speak to a lawyer, talk to the police. Are you being harassed? Right. There are ways that you can deal with some things. Mm-hmm. But if it's because just this person is just annoying you and sending you angry text messages about the kids. Well, that's just the way it's going to be. It's going to be this, this way until the kids move out of the house. So accept it, deal with it. How are you going? Then you work. How are you going to reply to these messages? How are you going to communicate with this person? What sort of boundaries are you going to set? That's the big one. Yeah. Oh, boundaries. Yeah. Can affect you. Boundaries yeah. are huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, one of the things that I, I, are we allowed? Are we going to, can we talk a little bit about what, what's coming down the pipe for clean break? Sure. Let's talk about it. So um, Jake, and Zelina, Zelina and her partner, Jake, are going to be um, our intake people. So anytime you come through our website, 
and um, and want to sort of start the process, you and and Jake are going to be doing some some intake for us and sort of starting the process and giving people some paths and guides of to of where to go. So that's mm-hmm. we're really super excited about. I that. am too. Yeah, the get organized part. Yeah, of, and I think that's where a lot of people have the stumbling block at the beginning is where do I start? Right. right? What do I do? I don't know. I don't even know what to do. Right. right. So so yeah. So down the road, it, it's coming. It's close. It's very mm-hmm. close to being launched but yeah. uh actually it might actually already be happening right now if people listening to this in the future so ah, depending on when this drops true. that's true it, so go and check out my clean break website that's right for the intake process yes because you <laughs> might uh, already be intaking with jake and selena so we're we're super excited about that and you guys have done a lot of hard work to tr- to get this program up and running and it will be a huge benefit to people starting in that divorce and separation. We are very, we're very excited because one thing we notice is, and and we always have to clarify this to lawyers, to mediators, and even to people, right? First of all, divorce coaches are not pro-divorce. So we, if if you're coming, thinking about it, we're not going to be like, yeah, this is how you're going to do it. We'll set you up. There's going to be a lot of digging and a lot of, because it's a very important decision to Mm -hmm. make, right? What have you tried? What have you explored? couples therapy there's a lot of things and then once you're sure and you're certain that this is the path you're going to take then it's how are you going to go about this mm-hmm. how are you going to tell the other person how what's going to who's going to be your support network what other professionals are you going to need you know are you mm-hmm. selling a home uh are you dividing assets are you what's what's your plan financially what's your plan for your personal growth your professional growth what are you going to do about your career yeah. Were you a stay-at-home mom? What are you gonna do after? Are you gonna get a job? Are you gonna what what are you doing? Right. So yeah, so Lots helping people <laughs> asking all of these questions at the beginning, yeah, helps people say, okay. And 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 if you deal with smart goals and you go baby steps, right? It yeah. doesn't have to be overwhelming because the issue with divorce is that it can be very, very overwhelming. Very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many parts of your life that are changing, right? People are losing friendship. People are losing yeah. part of their family. People are losing their home. People might need to start working or change your jobs or get a second job to pay yeah. support. You know, like there's so many things that that can happen. And then you're dealing with all these multiple changes and then you're going through all these transitions and then you have your children going through transitions and your ex going through transitions and your parents and everybody, right? So yeah. being mindful of what you're going through, but also mindful of what others are going through in the process is very important. And that's what coaches can help. And then they can help you pair, they can pair you with the right support network, mm-hmm. right? And you that's- don't want to litigate. So do yeah. not go to a lawyer that is pro-litigation. If this yeah. is not what you want, if you if, if this is what you want, right? And, 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 and a coach just never tell people what to do. I mean, we're asking questions. You're telling me what you want. Right. So if if mediation and collaboration are the questions, there's no way. It's just there's been too much abuse and control. There's no way we're gonna be able to sit together and negotiate anything. Yeah. Then well, then then you need somebody who does litigation because if you're neither of neither well, it takes two, right? It takes two to negotiate. It takes two to collaborate. So if one person's unwilling, sadly, you you're you don't have a choice, right? Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. might have the best intention, intentions coming into this. But if your person doesn't want to, yeah. then you have to 
on what works for you and for your family. Well, we are super excited to have you guys working with us on that mm -hmm. and with all of our clients and anybody listening, please uh, check out the clean break, um, my clean break uh, website. And um, again, you, it may already be in, in the system by the time this airs, I'm not certain, but it probably uh, will be. Yeah. yeah, we're re really super excited. So thank you, Zelina, for joining us. Um, we really, so really appreciate that and looking forward to further collaboration with you guys and, uh, and clean break. So, so if you'd like to connect with Zelina and uh, her, her partner, business partner, Jake, you can find them on the clean break, uh, mycleanbreak.ca website, yep. along with all the other awesome professionals that give advice and there's blogs and podcasts to listen to. Yeah. And outside of that, Zelina, how does, how do people get in contact with you two uh, it, outside of my clean break? Yes. Yeah, so we have our website is divorcemgt.com, short for divorcemanagement.com. And, and, you know, we also have resources uh, available. We have a blog that we like to, uh, to share with people, our, our, our personal journeys and the journeys of other clients that have allowed us to share their stories. So also things and, and yeah, we have corporate workshops. We work with couples, with groups, everything. So make sure to check the website. And of course, we'll always be a part of Clean Break and we're very excited to join the team. Awesome. Okay. So Fabulous. until next time, yeah. Tina, we'll wrap it up there and, and encourage everyone to take care of themselves and take care of the people around you. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca. Clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.